You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. The startling decision to pull out of the European Union, setting off a cascade of aftershocks, costing Prime Minister David Cameron his job, plunging the financial markets into turmoil and leaving the UK's future in doubt. That decisive win by the Leave campaign exposing deep divides. So can central banks, trade and finance ministers around the world do anything to calm financial markets? Here to tell us more, Bill Rhodes, President, Chief Executive, William R. Rhodes Global Advisors. Bill Rhodes, always a pleasure, and thank you for coming into the studio. Well, it's great to be with you guys uh, on this important occasion because I think uh, it is very important. Fortunately for the U.K., they've got uh, Mark Carney there who's battle-tested. As you know, he, uh, in his career, uh, he worked for Goldman Sachs. He understands the private sector. Uh, and uh, he also, uh, during the Great uh, Recession, ran the Bank of Canada. Uh, but very importantly, he runs a financial stability board. And so he's got a lot of clout. He's a very smart guy. And uh, if you want anyone running your central bank when the politicians don't know what to do, it's Mark Carney. And then I think also you've got Mario Draghi at the ECB. So you've got two real pros uh, doing this because uh, obviously the politicians are a complete disarray in the UK. Uh, now, you know, I, I just want to jump in with the bill because politicians in disarray, we get that. But this point about Mark Carney, aren't you glad to have him there if you're Boris Johnson, who is a House of Commons member of parliament? But as you said, most popular politician right now in London and in the in UK for many people. One of our guests said, why would you want to keep Mark Carney around? Because the the opposition, the, the Brexit people were saying the Bank of England is skewing its analysis of how hard this would hit the UK economy. They're playing politics. They're trying to affect the vote. They want people to vote to stay. So Boris Johnson's, he's political. He's smart. Does he uh, maybe make some noises publicly, but let Mark know, hey, I realize, let's put that behind us. we got to keep the UK together now. There's going to be a lot of instability. Is he, is he smart enough to say maybe his best bet is to make sure that Carney stays at the helm of the Bank of England? I think uh, you never want to under, uh, underestimate Boris Johnson. He's a very shrewd operator. And what he wants now is, uh, is confidence to return. He wants stability. That's why he signed off. Uh, you know, that memo of uh, conservative MPs to keep uh, Cameron in for the moment. Uh, So he obviously wants the best person in that job. Forget about what was said before. What counts now is what happens now and what happens tomorrow. And so he will be a big advocate of doing the right thing, because if things go the wrong way, who are they going to blame? Boris Johnson, because there's no doubt in my mind from a trip I took there to the UK a couple of months ago, talking with my English friends, uh, is that Boris Johnson, the most popular politician in the UK, made all the difference in the world. Without Boris Johnson, you wouldn't have had this vote, without a doubt. And so it rests very much on his shoulders. And sure, he wants to be prime minister, but he wants to get in there uh, with an ability to calm the situation and do the right thing. Bill Rhodes, the French prime minister, Manuel Valls, has said that at stake is the breakup pure and simple of the European Union. Now is the time to invent another Europe. Angela Merkel today saying that it is a turning point for the European unification process. What do they mean by that? 
Well, we're going to find out pretty soon. I think Valls, who I've gotten to know, is a very competent person. He's the most competent person they've had in that role for some time. And he's the one who's pushing the you know revision of the labor laws. I mean, he's the one who convinced Hollande, which is what France needs, because you saw that their manufacturing uh, uh, dropped and uh, their overall uh, you know, growth is starting to slow again after a very good first quarter. Uh, I don't think that uh, the leaders of, uh, of the Eurozone and the rest of the uh, uh, European Union really know what they want to do at this point in time. And that's something they're going to have to decide over the coming days and, uh, and weeks. And as we know, we have elections next year in France and you have elections in Germany. You already have Marie Le Pen talking about a referendum, uh, Wilders in, in Holland talking about one, and various parties in, uh, in Italy. So I think the, uh, uh, the EU has got to get its act together, and the Eurozone uh, has to get its, uh, its act together on how they want to handle it. I think it suits everybody to have a, uh, a, a very positive negotiation out, because let's face it, uh, Europe sells a lot to the U.K., and uh, for the U.K., everyone is so negative now, but with a, a weaker pound, manufacturing exports will benefit. Uh, also, tourism into the country will benefit. So uh, I don't think it's all quite the doom and gloom that everybody thinks. It'll depend on who becomes prime minister and how they negotiate their way out of this. So I think uh, that's what's going to tell the tale uh, going forward. So Boris Johnson isn't a slam dunk to be the next prime minister? Uh, not necessarily. He's obviously the favorite, but, uh, you know, this party, the conservative party, has been very, uh, you know, I think ripped apart over this issue. And there are a lot of strong feelings. And uh, he will have to assuage those who wanted the remain side that he is the best one to run the country. So I think nothing's for sure at this particular uh, point in time. But I think it suits both parties, Europe and uh, the UK, to have a negotiation uh, that's done in a positive fashion uh, because uh, they both need each other still going forward. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. We continue our conversation now with Bill Rhodes, head of William R. Rhodes Global Advisors. He's a former uh, Vice Chair of Citigroup. He is the author of Banker to the World, Leadership Lessons from the Front Lines of Global Finance. Uh, Bill st- got into the area of restructuring indebted nations back in the 80s when he helped work out the Latin American debt crisis. And his book is all about all the kinds of negotiations he did. Maybe Bill should people should be reading your book as the UK gets ready to deal with uh, the, the European Union. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be quite a negotiation. And uh, I also uh, and think, and we uh, we just talking uh, offline here about the banking situation uh, in, the U- in the UK and the EU and the Eurozone. And uh, obviously, uh, the retail banks in the UK got hit real hard today. Uh, you know, Barclays, uh, Lloyds, Royal Bank of Scotland. Uh, because of the concern over what's coming next. But I think one of the things that you're going to see the French starting to push, and this is going to be a problem with Germany, is to finalize a banking union in the Eurozone. Uh, because as you know, there, there are large parts of that banking union that have never been finalized. And I think given 
all that's going on, the, the, the French are going to push that very hard, and it'll be very interesting to see how that works out. Uh, and we have the Spanish elections on Sunday, and, and most people have seemed to forget about that. But I think the Spanish elections are going to be very, very important also to see what sort of, if any, fallout from Brexit you're going to have on those elections because the polls are showing that uh, Rajoy and the Partido Popular, the popular party, the conservatives, would get 30% of the vote and the left would uh, get slightly left, less than that. And then uh, you, you have some medium, you know, middle-of-the-road parties there uh, getting some. And so it's not clear that anyone's going to emerge as a winner. And uh, this issue of, uh, of Brexit obviously has an impact uh, on Spain because, as we know, Catalonia wants to leave. And in addition to that, people are now talking, as you know, about the comments of uh, Premier Sturgeon up in Scotland saying uh, that uh, it may be necessary, uh, depending on how this negotiation uh, works out with the uh, Eurozone and, and the UK, to have another referendum on, uh, on, on Scotland to stay or leave. Because over 70%, I think it was 73% of the votes in Scotland were for remaining. Uh, that was the strongest area in the UK. And so I think there are so many ramifications here. And uh, so I think what's very, very important, first of all here, is, as we talked about, is to make sure you got enough liquidity in the markets. Uh, I think this is where Mark Carney uh, will be very good on, uh, on bringing some confidence back. But second of all, there has to be a process set up as soon as possible about the negotiation arrangement with the UK. And very, very importantly, I think the Conservative Party has to decide who the next uh, prime minister is going to be. All of that would bring uh, some sort of confidence back and stability. Otherwise, I think we're in for a rough ride over the next weeks and months vis-a-vis -vis volatility, not just in Europe, but obviously worldwide. Look what happened here in the U.S. Look what happened in the Asian markets. And uh, we, we shouldn't forget China because China's got plenty, plenty of problems on its own, including this tremendous debt that keeps rising uh, in China. And so I think that uh, you can say the world is replete with problems. What we need is leadership. I was going to say civilization and its discontentedness, at least right now, as opposed to its discontents. I just want to give you the figures because you mentioned the uh, Royal Bank of Scotland shares down more than 18% today. Standard Charter down 2.5%. Lloyd's Banking Group down 21%. Barclays down more than 17%. I want you to turn your attention to an event that is taking place on Monday, uh, the 27th of June, the Brenton Woods Committee. This is uh, the spirit of Brenton Woods, multilateral leadership in turbulent times. Speak a little bit about why you see this discontent among voters in Spain, as you just referenced, also Syriza Party in Greece, Italy's five-star movement. Where's this discontent coming from, and what's the subject of this Bretton Woods committee meeting? And obviously uh, what we're seeing in France and Portugal, too. Uh, I'll be chairing the meeting, and uh, uh, we're very fortunate to have uh, Secretary Lou who will be giving his first formal statements uh, on the question of Brexit at this conference first thing in the morning. Uh, later on, uh, we also have... Uh, uh, Mike Froman, who's our trade secretary, and this is very, very important as to how we're going to handle this uh, relationship uh, with the UK on the trade side. 
And uh, we also have the number two person, the first deputy managing director of the IMF, and the, the meeting will be at the IMF, uh, David Lifton, to talk about all of these issues. So I think it's a, a very important event coming at uh, this particular time. And obviously, top of the list is going to be Brexit. Well, it's interesting that it's the Bretton Woods Conference, which was historic in its own way. Um, is this potentially, Bill, though, this, this EU voting, UK voting to leave the EU, is this potentially some turning point? Or are we going to look back and say, see, that's where it started, or that's where we realized that the world had gone, you know, 180 degrees from one point to another? Well, I think this is very representative of the unhappiness you see among the voting population in the so-called Western world. We see it all across Europe, not just in the UK. And uh, that's coming out of the Great uh, Recession, uh, the debt crisis in the Eurozone. Uh, voters are very, very unhappy. And you take a look at this country. Uh, Bernie Sanders, who was basically an unknown uh, senator uh, from uh, Vermont, and Donald Trump, who two years ago, no one would have thought that Donald Trump would be the candidate for the Republican Party. Let's say a year ago, they wouldn't have. And this is all also the discontent about, uh, you know, where the economy's going, uh, uh, you know, what's going on on inequality. All of these issues, uh, I think, are replete with uh, in the Western world. And the way ahead here is to get firm leadership is how we're going to work these issues. And frankly, we haven't seen the leadership in the Western world. Well, I guess it's ironic that uh, Freud wrote Civilization and Its Discontents. He wrote it in 1929. I want to thank you very much. Uh, Bill Rhodes, he is the president and the chief executive of William R. Rhodes Global Advisors. And also, just on a personal note, I want to extend to Bill Rhodes our deepest sympathy and condolences on the passing of his dear wife, Bill has been a valuable guest here at Bloomberg, and we extend our thanks, and we look forward to his continued participation. Many thanks. Thank you. Bill Rhodes. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co-host Kathleen Hayes. You're listening to Brexit Coverage on Bloomberg Radio. 